Hey, it's Lynn Galadner, and this is the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm founder of the Your People Marketing and PR Agency, and I lead the Make Meaning Movement, a platform that helps purpose-driven visionaries and leaders do business with meaning. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how people dare to take chances to live the life they want with meaningful work and purposeful days. There are many ways to fill your life with meaning. Join us at makemeaning.org to learn more. Now, on to the show. Today on the Make Meaning Podcast, I am speaking with Monica May Liebson, an acupuncturist with Michigan Associates of Acupuncture and Integrative Medicine. Monica is trained in treating physical and musculoskeletal injuries, working with alcohol and drug detoxification, and also working with hospice patients. Plus, Monica is trained in Chinese herbs, physical medicine, anatomy, physiology, and infertility. She's also a birth doula and postpartum doula. Monica, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's really wonderful to have you. Um, you know, I'm a very big fan of yours, and especially how you look at health and um, help people to heal. And so I'm really interested to bring to our listeners some of your perspectives on health and wellness. Um, and I know that you say that most people come to you in a time of crisis, um, and that even then, they're usually fairly disengaged in their health journey. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about why that might be and how you begin to help them get on the healing path. Sure. Well, I think that our world has become very disengaged from our own health because we are generally so privileged that we've been able to create art and music and businesses, you know, there's just so many things that take our attention. And um, it truly is a privilege, as we're finding out now, being in the state of the pandemic, (laughs) that now we are forced to reckon with our health, um, almost on a daily level, where people who weren't living in chronic illness weren't having to do that prior to this. Yeah, it's been very interesting to watch the world of healthcare, alternative healthcare, chronic illness. These people have come out of the woodwork and said, hey, we know how to do this. We're used to being isolated. We're used to not having financial means. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this for however long. Right. So I do understand a lot of that aspect as well. And what are the best ways now to go through this new way? But yeah, most people don't come to me or to any alternative practitioner until unless they've reached some sort of level of pathology of living that no longer works for them. (laughs) Right. And maybe have already gone through Western medicine and seen that it hasn't been beneficial enough, at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I got into this. And most alternative practitioners have is Mm -hmm. they had their own rock bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, they had their own health issue that Western medicine really wasn't able to address. Yeah, no, I understand that. And um, it's interesting because, you know, I sort of straddle the worlds and I think a lot of people do where they sort of will dabble a little bit in Western medicine. And then, you know, when they feel comfortable and safe, 
um, go to other modes of healing. And so I've been seeing a lot at this time about um, integrative medicine practitioners and alternative healers um, guiding people really successfully. And and it's funny because I was going to ask you later in the interview, but we might as well just tackle it now, you know, that we're in this midst of a scary pandemic. It's overtaken world economies and everybody's emotional focus too. Um, And I guess I'm wondering, like, how do you look at a situation like this from a lens of alternative or non-Western medicine? And, you know, how do we understand what we're living through right now and how best to deal with it? You know, one of the things that alternative medicine generally has to offer that is very different from Western medicine is a real focus on preventative medicine. Hmm. And so that is a part, I think, of what this disease is showing us that if we can keep ourselves as healthy as possible, then we're going to, if we do encounter it or get infected, we're going to have a better prognosis if our body was in the best shape that it could be leading up to this point. Now, obviously, nobody's perfect and we're going through a lot right now. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think that preventative medicine goes a long way and that hasn't been that hasn't been prioritized in our western medicine model of healthcare. No, you're totally right. I mean, we treat the symptoms rather than the root in western medicine and you know, I'm not I mean, obviously I'm not going to shun any kind of um, consideration for treatment that could help me in a circumstance or one of my kids or something like that. But I mean, as you know, cuz I'm a, a regular patient of yours, um, I really believe in investing in your health at the outset so that you do have that um, sort of path of wellness all along. And I think that that shows up in people who don't get sick often versus those who do. Um, I also think, you know, it's interesting, and I don't know what you would think about this, but this whole pandemic and the shutdowns, the stay-at-home mandates has shown me um, how crazy my life was before this, how much I was running around and... Um, sort of out of balance. And I'm really grateful for this reset because it's it's shown the light on it. And I'm really ho- hoping that afterwards, I'll remember that and I will be really mindful of constructing my days and how busy the schedule gets. You know, um, and I think that that contributes to our, you know, good or ill health. You know, what do you think about that? Definitely, I agree. There's a few things in there that I want to address. First of all, I also don't shun Western medicine. And the idea, I think, from the outside world is that internally, practitioners might be either or. But the truth is that those are really the outliers of our profession. Most practitioners across acupuncturists, naturopathic doctors, Reiki, everybody understands that if you break a leg, Western medicine has a lot of value. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, when I was diagnosed with asthma when I was young, Western medicine had nothing really for me. The inhaler didn't help. There, mm. there, even I was outside of the range of what was considered asthmatic. They said, you know, you, you test fine. And that's a lot of people's mm. issues too. It's like Western medicine won't be able to see the minutia of what's going on or the underlying or the root. Mm-hmm. And rather, if your blood work isn't in that exact right you know, range or your MRIs or x-rays don't show anything, then they may not have anything to offer. So um, that's when I got into alternative medicine was when I was looking as though nothing was wrong, but Mm. I was living a different story. So I think that 
again, we're all in this together and most practitioners do really value Western medicine and alternative medicines and know that there's a time and place for all of that. So I totally am in alignment with you there. I do think that we are generally a culture attached to busyness. Yeah. And even there can be a addiction to a certain stress level that I've mm-hmm. seen. Now, some mm-hmm. people have to live in that and there is no choice, mm-hmm. but some people, um, they use stress to drive them forward rather mm-hmm. than being able to come from a place of knowing and um, intuition and kind of like, what's the right best next step. Yeah. Uh, so I think reevaluating that is going to be a great part of our lesson through this. Yeah, no, I think that's really true. And and I, I mean, I hope that my kids see that. <laughs> I know they can't wait to go back out and get busy and do and see everyone, but um, they've been sleeping as long as they need to sleep. And that's really been a gift. And as have I, like not waking to an alarm is amazing. And, um, you know, just feeling rested, feeling like I can, you know, make my way through the day um, in a really manageable pace, I think is just um, something we should be living with all the time, but we don't necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, put a spotlight on how strict our timelines are Mm -hmm. and yeah, being able to loosen up has been really great. Yeah. So of course. Of course, of course. So let's get back a little bit to your expertise because I'd love for our listeners to walk away with a greater understanding of some of the practices that you offer. Um, so if you could just sort of tell us a little bit about, you know, the Eastern approach to health and wellness, um, can you share a little bit about how acupuncture and Chinese medicine work? Sure. Well, there's the Chinese medicine theory, which is that we're working on balancing energy. Basically, we are born with the exact amount of energy that we need in our bodies to be healthy and whole and complete. But mm-hmm. based on you know, diet, lifestyle, even genetics and epigenetics play a role in how we function in our physical bodies. So um, one of the organ systems will ultimately steal some of the energy to deal with whatever it has going on in terms of an additional stress level, inflammation load, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and then leave one of the organ systems lacking. So we're basically looking at how to balance those two organ systems together Mm -hmm. and create a flow throughout the body where everything is flowing properly. And that sounds very theoretical, but when it comes down to it, we're regulating bowel movements, sleep, hormones. I mean, it's all actually very basic. Yeah. Um, In Western medicine, there have been a lot of studies on acupuncture and they have shown that it really regulates the nervous system and the autonomic system. So it helps basically, you know, we go through our days not really thinking about our breath or our heartbeat or Mm -hmm. if we've sweat or not. And those are things that we don't have to think about. Sure. The acupuncture will bring that nervous system part of the body out of a state of fight or flight and into the state of rest and repair. That's called Mm -hmm. the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it supports people's bodies in functioning optimally. So it's actually very different from the Western medical model of we're doing something to fix you. And Mm -hmm. actually the model is your body heals itself when given the right opportunity. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. 
Interesting. Um, and it's funny too. I mean, I want our listeners to hear that I'm a huge baby when it comes to needles and yet um, I love acupuncture. You know, I just, I'm really missing it right now. Um, but I just feel that it has this profound impact um, really powerfully on my ongoing health. And so it's it's a regular part of my um, preventative health practice. And I don't, I can't explain why I'm okay with those needles and I'm like, deathly afraid of having blood drawn. But um, it is, and I've heard this from other people too, who maybe aren't so comfortable with needles, but they'll do acupuncture and it really works. I mean, do you have any idea about why that might be? I might be totally out of bounds asking, but it's funny to me, you know? I'm with you. I also hate needles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nobody likes the idea of it, Mm -hmm. but the needles that we use compared to say a blood work or a tattoo needle are so infinitely smaller than those. And it really, most people will be pretty nervous coming in the first time. And I'll say, you know, I'm going to tell you exactly when I do it. So you can have a sense of what's going on. I'm going to have you take a deep breath and then on your exhale insert. And people always say like, Oh, that's it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like people are expecting so much worse. And once they realize it literally feels as though somebody just tapped you on your skin Um, most people relax. And then ultimately, I think the reason that people are able to forego that nervousness is that the benefit outweighs it because people feel so great. There literally is a buzz that you feel when you leave the room. Totally. You know. Yeah, Um, for sure. And so, you know, because it's, it's working on your body's own chemistry. It's literally using your brain's pharmacy to calm you down and chill you out. And so I tell people it's like medication without any negative side effects, because all that medication does is use your body, your brain's own chemistry to work. It has to fit that medication into the receptor in your brain. So you Mm -hmm. have the capacities for anything that's put inside you is already inside you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And and I love that idea. You know, I'm not a big fan of medicine unless it's absolutely necessary because I I think there just are so many natural ways to heal ourselves in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. And um and it's interesting because, you know, I've been wanting to ask you to explain a little bit about Chinese medicine. And um I know from my own experience, I understand the Ayurvedic approach to health, which all has to do with the gut and the foods you eat and the spices and things like that. And so I wanted to hear from you about how um, Chinese medicine may be different and, and what that approach is, because I know that um, there are herbs and and that food does play a part in it. So can you educate us a little bit about that? Sure. The Ayurvedic tradition is very similar to the Chinese medicine tradition. Um, mm-hmm. They've chosen three doshas. We have 12 meridians, all mm-hmm. related to different internal organ systems. Uh, but a lot of this alternative medicine does have this very similar threads. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, the gut does inform the immune system system and our mental health, even how our lung health may be and our kidney and adrenal health, you know, so all of it is interrelated. And I think that's how Chinese medicine looks at it is that all of it is interrelated. And so mm-hmm. um, when we're in this pandemic, I mean, is there any advice you have for listeners about 
ways that they can strengthen their health just in advance. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when the stay-at-home mandates will be lifted. We don't know if there will be another spike in infections. Um, but it's a virus, and and there are viruses circulating all the time. And so how do we um, strengthen our body's immune system on an ongoing basis so that it can meet whatever challenges it faces? Sure. So, you know, in Chinese medicine, we tend to look at people in a very individualized basis. So Mm -hmm. I generally don't give across the board recommendations, but there are some that I know are healthy for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, in order to fully digest anything that you eat, the body needs to first create it to be 98.6 degrees. Um, Mm -hmm. So if it's very cold, if it's raw, those foods, if you tend towards a digestive imbalance, can be difficult on the Mm -hmm system. This is why people will have say gas or diarrhea after salads. You know, we know that salads are healthy for us, but some people really can't tolerate them. And one way to listen to this information is you can hear if it's valuable for you. If you in fact have those issues, if when you eat cold and raw food, your Mm -hmm. body seems to not tolerate it If for other people. Yeah. They eat cold and raw food and their body seems to tolerate it. Well, then maybe that's not for you, but Definitely soups and stews are a really great way to get all those minerals, vitamins, nutrients into the gut okay. uh, without having causing any uh, absorption issues. Okay. And then the other thing is that we're really looking at what's good for the lung right now. And in the lung organ system prefers a drier environment, right? If you think mm-hmm. about breathing and, and when you do get sick, how you get a bunch of mucus. And yeah. So um, basically avoiding really heavy mucusy foods, and it doesn't have to be avoiding every day, all day, but you don't want to eat them to excess. Um, one of the biggest ones is dairy. That's okay. generally a very high mucus forming food. Okay. Um, the best thing to do is to self-monitor because truly everybody is different. So if you eat something and then you notice right after that you have a little drip coming out of your nose or you become Uh stuffed up, Uh that's a sign that your body isn't tolerating what you've eaten. Yeah. It can kind of come out in any organ system, right? It could come out through the gut or it could come out in the nose or you could have a headache or you could, you know, sometimes people have trouble sleeping after too much alcohol, you know? So we all have ways that our body will manifest kind of pathology Mm -hmm. and is trying to give us signals of that didn't work for me. Okay. That's that's interesting. That's so great. I'm going to pay attention to that and maybe I'll be identifying what I should not be eating. You know, um, That's really interesting. And I do think that the answers to good health are not necessarily that deep. Like they're, you know, we could do them easily, like you're saying food and, um, you know, taking precautions in terms of sleep and, and other things like that. Um, you know, I wonder if you could speak a little bit about how we might, as Americans, want to be altering our perspective on health? Like how should we be looking at our health and, you know, to, to better serve us and to um, help us to be healthier going forward? I really do think that preventative medicine is going to be one of the keys, you know, rather than having a reactive society. Um, and, and that actually, one of the things we're finding with the COVID virus is that the earlier that you treat it with all natural medicines, the better. Huh. You know, once you've gotten to however many days in, it's harder to fight that. Okay. Um, and that's that's definitely how homeopathy works. It's how vitamins work. Um, 
is you're supporting things as early as possible. So I think it's, again, about cueing into your body, tuning in and paying attention to the cues and listening and saying, how can I respond in this moment to address what's going on rather than, you know, they say, um, listen to the whispers. Hmm. That way you don't have to get hit by the truck, you know? (laughs) I love that. That's so beautiful. That's so poetic. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I know this is a topic that um, is important to you, but it's, it seemed to me for a long time that alternative approaches to health and wellness um, might be a privilege in America that it, you know, because of the expense or maybe insurance doesn't cover it or, you know, for whatever reasons, um, it's not always accessible for people of different socioeconomic situations. And I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit and if you have any ideas for how, you know, down the road, we could we could change that so that these um, amazing practices are available to anybody who wants to give them a try. Yes, definitely. As you know, Lynn, that's been a real passion of mine. And I've been doing different things over the years to address it. But I really have wondered, are we at a zero point right now? And we need to start over and reevaluate and create some new practices regarding this. Um, There is one way of practicing called community acupuncture. Hmm. That's quite popular. Maybe not so much here in Michigan. I think there's only a few offices open. Um, And that's where people sit in a group and receive acupuncture. And I did toy with doing that for a little while. And actually, as a practitioner, and as a patient, I didn't find it as fulfilling as I did receiving acupuncture on my own in a quiet room where I could really process and decompress. Yeah. So that way works for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I have never felt called to do that. So I'm really still, you know, working on how to create something moving forward that is equitable for everyone. Yeah, I hope we get there because I just think that, you know, this um, health inequity in our country is unacceptable. And I really hope we can, I hope people care enough to find solutions because everybody deserves good health. Unfortunately, it's actually not about us not caring enough. Like you said, everybody cares enough. Um, a huge part of it was political. Michigan didn't get licensure until last year, 2019. And when I moved back to Michigan in 2006, they had already been trying to get licensure since the 1990s. Do you mean that that's licensure for acupuncture? Exactly. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So I was on the board and I um, I was on the board while Governor Snyder tried to deregulate the practice of acupuncture, along with a bunch of other modalities. It wasn't us specifically. Okay. Um, but it actually comes down to being very political huh. and not really how people personally feel about acupuncture. I think most, truly most people who've gotten acupuncture in the 16 years of my career have loved it and have said, I'd love to offer this to my friends and I'd love to be able to get more. And um, it's really about having to create a governmental structure that Mm. it can sit within. It's political, it's financial, um, it's all of those things. And it's really (laughs) nothing to do with how badly people want it. So um, before we finish our conversation, I have several questions I still want to ask you. And one of them is Mm -hmm. a little bit more about your journey. I'd love to hear how you discovered this path for your career and what you love about the work you do. Sure. So I was really young when I started to get asthma attacks. I was 18 years old. And 
I didn't know what they were. Uh, you know, it's scary when you can't breathe. So I ended up in the ER and, um, you know, they, again, for being grateful for both sides, they gave me a shot and I was able to breathe again. Uh-huh. But then beyond that, you know, so they were able to help in the acute time. But beyond that, they said, you're not really testing for asthma, but here's an inhaler. Uh-huh. The inhaler didn't really work for me while I was having attacks and it certainly wasn't preventing them. And I think I was just young and idealistic. And I was like, this is not okay. I can't breathe and I can't live like this. You know, yeah. as we age and we get busy, I think we become number to things and we're like, oh, well, I guess this is how I feel now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> My dad ended up taking me to an alternative medicine doctor uh, who also actually, I had been to, you know, the ER, to my primary care, to a lung doctor. None of them did a really full intake about what, when this started, what had changed in my life, what, what I was doing for work. You know, some of the backgrounds of what get people sick. Yeah. Um, I think in Western medicine, it's like, okay, so you got asthma three months ago. That's just how it happens. When in in alternative medicine, I am continually playing a detective, trying to find out what did you change in your diet? Hmm. What did your lifestyle change? So what had changed for me was I had started working at my dad's car wash. And back in 1998, nobody was talking about toxic chemicals. You know, I was literally living in toxic chemicals all day, every day. So, um, yeah, my alternative medicine doctor said that. He said, what do you do for a living? And I told him, and he said, you know, that's why you're having breathing problems. You have oh to move out of that situation. I know. <laughs> um, it was pretty obvious. But yeah. um, again, they're not really trained to do that digging deeper most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so he figured that out and then um, gave me some herbs, told me to reduce my phlegmy foods um, because, again, that's going to interrupt the lung function. Yeah. I started doing alternate nostril breathing. I mean, just really simple things Mm -hmm. that within a few months, it was completely gone. And I was young and healthy and, you know, so that's a good prognosis, but it was pretty magical. I went from feeling non-functional to being better really quickly. So I said to myself, this is what I want to do. I want to offer people this option that there's another way of looking at what's going on with them and how they can get better. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'll ask people, you know, what's going on with you? And people will come in and say, I have headaches, constipation, and sleep issues. And for them, those all seem unrelated. And in Western medicine, you might go to three different doctors for those. But for me, those are all connected. Once we get your bowels going, your headaches might be better, and then you'll be able to sleep better, right? It's just, it all does happen like that. People will say, you know, is it the acupuncture that made this all happen? I'll say, well, (laughs) you also made diet and lifestyle changes. You know, it's just like when you go to the gym and then it urges you to eat better. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go yeah. to the gym and then eat like crap because then you feel like it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. All is interrelated. And I think that's how people experience uh, getting better. That's true. That's a really wonderful way to put it. Um, what do you love most about what you do? I think I just love being able to help people in times of struggle. That's where I found is my real gifts is digging in with people when they're in challenge and uh-huh. conflict and tension. Uh-huh. It's a spot where most people don't want to go. And for some reason, I like it there. I, <laughs> I just like to say, all right, let's look at this. Let's look deeper at why is it that this you know, situation that you have going on is so hard for you? What is this uncovering at a deeper level? And how can we address that with loving kindness? Yeah. Just yeah. seeing people move through things in a really positive and healthy way is 
so great to have. I always say I, I have a very, I have a job that I get a lot of instant feedback because people just walk out of the room feeling better. So it's like within <laughs> an hour, they're already doing better. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. It's really gratifying. It is. Um, so you said that, um, you think each person's purpose is already within them. And this show is all about meaning and purpose and finding, you know, articulating your meaning and then living by it. And so I, I know you've said that you just have to sort of remove the clutter to get to the core of who you are and what your purpose is. And I totally agree with that. Um, and I just wonder, you know, how you've seen people do that or how you direct people to get rid of that clutter so that they can reawaken the purpose that's in there. I find um, it's clutter and it's also challenge. It's I think that we are not here to take the easy way out, uh, mm-hmm. even though I myself would prefer to most of the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just our ego. It wants to keep us safe. Our bodies yeah. want us to just be safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that when we have ch- health challenges, you know, most of them, I would say, I would never wish this on my worst enemy to have had that car accident or to have gone through that health challenge. I get right. it. I don't want us to feel this either. But here we are. And how can we go through this in a way that does does create meaning in our lives and allows us to see really the bigger picture. So that's what I help people to do most of the time is if you can take your ego out of your present circumstances, step back and get an eagle eye view of mm-hmm. your life, your whole, not just how you're doing now, but what has been a theme or a thread of your whole life. And if that's continuing to come up for you, how can we heal that? It's really awesome. Um, as we finish our conversation, I want to ask you a question that we usually finish episodes with. And um, so I wonder what permission slips you can offer to our listeners um, for how they can find their meaning and then live by it, like giving yourself permission to be who you're meant to be. And so I just wonder what you might leave our listeners with. Yeah, I would say the permission I would want to give people is to go within Mm -hmm. and to give themselves the things that they are looking for on the outside. You know, if you're looking for love, allow yourself to give yourself that love. Hmm. Allow yourself to give yourself the acceptance, say, that you didn't feel you got from somebody you know, whatever it might be that you're craving, truly, I think it's because you have it on the inside of you and it wants to be expressed. So mm. going within and letting yourself be in your own energy and, and be grateful for who you are and what you have to offer will only create more of that, that meaning that you have and want to give to the world. It's beautiful. And we will share this permission slip um, on our social and um, in our show notes as well. So Monica May Liebson, thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning podcast. I've been so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Lynn. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here, join us over at makemeaning.org to discover how you can add more meaning to your life. And hey, if you like our conversations, please subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world.